Hello and welcome to Under the Skin from Luminary. This week I spoke with Matt Taibbi. Matt Taibbi is the author of Hate Inc. Why today's media makes us despise one another. Brilliant. A political journalist for Rolling Stone. Brilliant. Host of the podcast Useful Idiots. He also has a good name. He also publishes a newsletter on Substack you can subscribe to. This is one of my favourite conversations I've had on this podcast for a long, long time time in the little bit that we're including hmm, well, what are we going to do jenny the phenomenon of trump I don't know, there's what, a lot what, of good bits hmm? there's a lot i mean the whole thing's good why can we trust the media we're not gonna do that bernie sanders bit even though that was also interesting i mean it was all so oh, good what the when the democratic party changed that when their the democratic values let's learn right all right you wondering why the democratic <laughs> don't smile with <laughs> sweet satisfaction you were wondering why did a democratic party change? Well, listen to this. Matt Toby's going to describe it to you in a bit I personally just chose for you <laughs> just then. In his latest book, Hate Inc., he argues that what most people think of as the news is in fact a twisted wing of the entertainment business. And here he describes how politics, in particular the left-wing party politics of the Democrat Party, was corrupted forever. A particular moment. Check this out. You'll love it. Trying to achieve equality with the annihilation of category is not a successful route. Yes, that's, that's, that's exactly right. We're in this era where it turns out we were never the boss. It doesn't look like an ideology. What's beneath the surface of people we admire, of the ideas that define our time, the history we are told? And welcome to Russell Brand. Under the skin. What I'm beginning to feel is that... The, that liberalism, you know, or the left or the Democratic Party or, you know, like it's always been a kind of a ersatz, performative vehicle for sets of values. And, you know, look, you know, say in my country, there's been this like union movement over history. The weekend has, you know, like there's been all sorts of achievements <laughs> of the labour movement. So I don't sort of dismiss that. But this modern incarnation of the left and in particular the centre-left post-Clinton Blair left, it seems to be more and more about the presentation of information, the creation of an image, impressions, as opposed to any real values. And I again refer you to how I began this. If the core values can mutate, then they're not bloody core values at all, particularly when it's something like, oh, yeah, we don't need free speech. You know, like we can get rid of that. We can marginalize that. So do you what? Do you think that what does that to me, it suggests that the Democrat Party, the left, as let's call them for, for now, like are not really connected to a direct set of values. They're in the service of the same big business interests as we always sort of understood that the Republicans were. And they have to sort of mask that by emphasizing the areas where they're different in order to sort of create the impression of difference at all. Yeah, I, th I think that's true. I think I think the, the Democratic Party and the people who vote for the Democratic Party um, are, are a little bit distinct. You know, you, you can trace back pretty, pretty concretely what happened to the Democratic Party. And they got wiped out in 1984 and 1988. And the party leadership decided to make a change, um, you know, led by groups like the Democratic Leadership Council, uh, where Bill Clinton was a big figure, people like Bruce Babbitt. And their their big insight was we're getting killed in the area of fundraising when we go up against the Republicans. So we we have to change our tune and start to take money from the same sources. And in order to do that, we have to change our, our platforms a little bit. So we're gonna be socially liberal, but economically we're going to be neoliberal, right? Which is a 
you know, essentially uh, laissez-faire capitalists. I mean, they're or close to it. So they started taking a lot of money from Wall Street, uh, from the oil and gas industry, from pharmaceutical companies, from all those places, same places. And as you say, they became basically indistinct from the Republicans on those issues. Um, and the the rest of it, the social aspect of it, was really at that point, I I think, became just for show. Because if you're not really for um, sort of economic justice for for ordinary people, uh, then what does it really mean that you're pro-choice or you know you're for you're for gay rights? It's a good thing. Um, I'm not uh, not disputing that, but it it does mean that they made a really really um, a crucial internal compromise to their values that I think has expressed itself more and more lately. And now we're seeing it come out with areas like civil liberties, which were once sacrosanct um, and were a key dividing line in how we thought ourselves of, or how the Democratic Party thought of itself versus the Republicans. And now it's the opposite. Now, like, you know, the, the Democratic Party is, you know, the most pro-censorship party. They're, they're, the, they're the first people to be dismissive of, the rights of the accused or, you know, or any of those things or habeas corpus. They don't, you know, what does that stuff matter? Like it's good people and bad people. That's all they matter. That's all it matters. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you're right. If, if, if they were able to, to, you know, con people uh, into buying this other version of liberalism that isn't all the way, um, then it was never really all that stable to begin with. Do you think, that's amazing. Thanks for explaining that, because I didn't, I didn't know or understand that there were internal legislative or regulatory reformations that meant that there was a fundamental shift. And but even seeing how that 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 those shifts, that crucial internal compromise, as as your phrase there, mate, uh, like has evolved from the sort of early eighties into where we are now, like bloody hell, forty years later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and still in my lifetime, <laughs> like um, like um. The, the first piece that you've described, a willingness to get funding, you can sort of see like in an in an it's living in a culture that's ideologies are ultimately economically underwritten or the most significant decisions and the direction of power is ultimately economic. You can see how in the end that would start to shape things. But I suppose this sort of seemingly radical pivot around what seemed like fundamental ideas as you just sort of listed rights of the accused freedom of speech all these things like you know that i didn't even really recognize till you um as till you listed them there that seems that seems extraordinary i mean in one sense you could say that there must always have been an uneasy truce between the bourgeoisie and the working class or the intelligentsia and the working class and the idea that in the what sense in my country, and, I, and I'm sure there are a million ways in which our countries are distinct, is that in a way the professional class, people that work, you know, in big cities and work for newspapers and media and law firms and you know the professional class of folk in cities. So that, what it feels like in most country is they don't like working class people and perhaps <laughs> like I've never liked them like sort of think like there's the people that get the bins and like are sort of shouting in the streets and driving white vans and being sort of we don't like them they sort of bit smelly and like so when like Brexit and Trump and all that came along it's like yeah actually and so the only things that you know like that remain are we will support like you know as you said important issues gay rights uh, identity politics all things that like 
Like I'm like sort of I'm totally down with this. Um, so like um, like yeah, I suppose I said a lot of stuff there. One is like you know, is there just the, is it the professional class of people don't like sort of when it you know sort of working class people and in the countries we're talking about, the majority of those working people are still like white. You can probably you know you can sort of say really just in pure numbers. Um, you know, is that a significant thing? Has there always been a kind of antipathy? And then perhaps as it's come up, do you think that these divisive issues that have been exacerbated by COVID, Brexit, Trump being just a couple of examples, have somehow legitimised pre-existing uh, cultural tensions that were always there and just waiting to be somehow realised? If you're enjoying listening to this podcast, please give it a little review over on Apple. And if you want to hear the rest of it, you've got to subscribe to Luminary now. That's why we did this. Just a little trick to get you to subscribe to Luminary. It's not a bad trick, really, because you've got to pay the price of just one egg cup's worth of... Mm. <laughs> Jen, what were you thinking of then? Sperm. I actually didn't picture an egg cup. <laughs> yeah, she did. <laughs> no, it took a while for it to come. Well, when you did picture an egg cup, what did it look like? <laughs> it was like a tiny little... <laughs> did it have stripes on it? it stripes. No, it had like a, a thin stem Ugh. and a really small cup at the top. Cheap little lousy <laughs> egg cheap. cup. It's not one of the deep ones. I think it's elegant from Cla yeah. Claridge's. <laughs> like they would have a silver one anyway, Jim. Yeah, probably. Yeah, where are we in this whole process? <laughs> At the end, the very end. <laughs> Goodbye. Subscribe to Lum no, this is subscribe to Luminary, yeah. isn't it? Just lend us a review for our professional yeah, brilliant... Yeah, because you said it's for the price of an egg cup. Oh, yeah, the price of an egg <laughs> cup. And if, like... <laughs> <laughs> a cheap egg cup about 250 all right it's about 250 in all currencies except lira <laughs> if you'd like to listen to the rest of this podcast and all of my weekly under the skin podcast all you have to do is subscribe to luminary on the apple podcast app or download the luminary app